When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Before I forget, this is actually a housekeeping thing. Um, in the description for our last week's episode, Superfan autocorrected to super fi- Superman in the episode description, and somebody sent it to us. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. new. It's like New Year. Right. New cold open, new Superman episodes. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Have you guys been watching the new Superman series? Yeah. It's so it's sick. Mild Man Papal Sale. Paper salesman Mike uh, Michael Scott. That's a crossover. I would. Yeah. Michael Scott is super. Suddenly gets Superman powers. Oh. Can you imagine? Just wanton destruction. <laughs> you think his mood swings are bad now? Yeah. Impulsivity yeah. and inattention to detail. <laughs> yeah. Give him laser eyes. It's never so dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> out of paper, out of stock. There's friendly faces around the block. Break loose from the chains. That are causing you pain. Call Michael Stanley, Jim Dwight Creed, call Andy and Kelly for your business paper needs. Or Dundamip, then the people purses paper people. Dundamip, then the people purses paper people. Dundamip, then the people purses paper people. Hello and welcome to the Michael Scott Podcast Company, a show for fans of The Office. By fans of the office. I'm your host and stay-at-home dad slash keyboardist, Sean Roney. And I'm Edwin Jaynes, new CFO. And with us, as always, our producer in the warehouse, Mr. Alex Ward. I'm here to talk about suck it. <laughs> Every week we get together to talk about our favorite show, NBC's The Office. Uh, this week's main topic is Chief Financial Officer David Wallace. Uh, as voted by our uh, Patreon subscribers. Thank you very much to to you guys. Uh, And also, uh, when we're done talking about David Wallace, we'll go to the conference room for some voicemails, and we'll finish up with some listener-provided trivia provided by the other Edwin. Oh, nice. Uh, We haven't heard from the other Edwin in quite a while. Well, he's he's (laughs) shown his face again to challenge uh, the other other Edwin. uh, real quick, I'll do one more plug for our Biscuits with the Boss, which is now up on uh, on Patreon, patreon.com slash Michael Scott. You can join and get access to our Season 2 Ted Lasso uh, podcast um, that we did just like our, our old one uh, for Season 1. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, let's jump right in to David Wallace, played by Andy Buckley. Uh, Andy Buckley studied sketch comedy and improv at the Groundlings Theater uh, alongside Melissa McCarthy and Dax Shepard. What a a trio. But, you know, I mean, this is certainly what he's he's most known for. Um, He was on Veep and some other shows, The West Wing. Uh, But, um, you know, watching... (laughs) Space Force. Yeah, that's right. He is in Space Force. but uh, watching Andy Buckley do interviews and things like that, he is he is a huge Office fan. It seems like he he proudly wears his Dunder Mifflin shirt, and um, 
He seems like a seems like a great guy. I want to say I saw a thing a couple years ago where Andy Buckley has David Wallace business cards that he can give out to people. I believe that. I believe yeah. that. He 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 was making lots of jokes like almost in character of David Wallace uh in some of the things I was watching. That it must I wonder if it's a little easier for him to lean into that cuz David Wallace is a more straightforward character to play. Mm-hmm. It's not as if uh people expect him to be Michael Scott or Creed or you know whomever it is. It's funny when you think about Andy Buckley in like an improv setting, especially if you've got if you're flanked by Melissa McCarthy and and Doc Shepard or something. It's like totally. I bet he's an, a phenomenal straight man in right. in improv settings. Um, I, I'm sure. You know, he, I, I bet people play off of him so well because he's he is he's the perfect <laughs> just like corporate. Just I'm a I'm a I'm a white man, uh, a replaceable <laughs> guy. Here I am. Mm-hmm. I'm an. He's sort of an everyman, but he has that. He carries himself in that corporate. It's not threatening. So well. just, yeah. <laughs> no. Yet no. authoritative he's, in a way. Yeah. He's, he's, he's just human khaki pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it is always interesting to be when you get these these really really funny people playing the straight character. I mean, um, uh, 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 Larry Wilmore uh, playing Mr. Mm-hmm. Brown in mm. in uh, in. Uh, 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 what, Go ahead. Diversity Day. Go Diversity ahead. Day. Thank you. Um, or, or you know, or, or even John Krasinski, who people say is you know just a fabulous, really funny uh, comedian. All these people have fantastic comedic timing, which which makes still makes them great at playing these straight characters. But uh, but anyways, let's let's get into um, David Wallace, the character. David Wallace, the new chief financial officer at Dunder Mifflin, uh, later the founder of Sucket, and even later. Um, CEO and owner of of Dunder Mifflin. You didn't give us his nicknames. D- I guess maybe he David he's got Walrus. A, a few. Oh yeah, yeah. David David Walrus. <laughs> Detective um, Wallace. Detective Wallace. Yeah, that, I think yeah. that's. I think that's about, that's about all it. of them. Thank you. <laughs> what you talking about, Wallace? <laughs> yeah. Uh, where to begin with David Wallace? Okay, I'll say first off. In our Patreon poll, I mean, he, he was on the board with some heavy hitters for for slightly minor characters, people like people like Bob Vance, and he's he's swept the floor on the votes for like next character. So there's something about David Wallace people clearly like, and uh, or his his role on the show is, despite him being a minor character, he really has a massive influence on the plot and the entire ecosystem of the world of, of the office of the Dunder Mifflin world. I mean, his decisions influence the entire show every season. Almost. I think overall, David Wallace is a very interesting character because he's another member of corporate, but he's not drawn in such a way where he has kind of these outrageous flaws, kind of like Ryan or Jan eventually, um, as they show, or, um, even even or, or Robert California, um, mm. or even or even Joe Bennett has a lot more humorous moments, or is it, is it maybe it's a bigger personality. David, by comparison, is a lot more mild mannered. Um, he seems to be like very buttoned up. He is very much the face of corporate throughout the show, and you know, for better or for worse, like it, it does seem as if obviously he doesn't make great decisions all the time. But over the, by and large, he is shown to be like a competent corporate figure, which I think makes him unique um, within this show. Yeah, I mean, he certainly makes some questionable decisions as CFO of, of Dunder Mifflin, but ultimately, 
um, very successful by the end, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, he has a amount of money that flows towards whatever the plot needs, <laughs> like able to buy a company <laughs> back, which is not a cheap thing, I'm sure. Uh, he's one of he's one of very few characters where we go inside their home. There's actually not that many. <laughs> it's like Michael's condo, David's house, Pam and Jim. Uh, not much else. I guess we see the inside of Reed's uh, Reed and Aaron's apartment. <laughs> but yeah, he's sort of a he's he's the boss's boss, and Michael has a has a reverence of him at least for until up until the Socket era uh, that plays out in a lot of different ways, mainly through phone calls. This is one of the foremost things I thought about David Wallace is he's a character, especially initially. That we get to know may- only through Michael calling David when he needs something from corporate directly, uh, which is a relationship that I'm sure David, it, it sort of reminds me of uh, a line from 30 Rock. I think I brought it up on the show before when um, Jack is like, uh, you know, Le- Lemon, your show comprises 2% of my budget and takes up 98% of my time. <laughs> and I feel that's probably how David Wallace feels about Dunder Mifflin Scranton. Certainly. I think, too, uh, one thing in prepping for this episode, I was kind of struck by how often characters seem to look up to David Wallace, how much David Wallace, um, they go to him for advice. Um, He is kind of the the corporate authority figure. And that happens even after the company goes bankrupt. Uh, Hmm. Michael goes to him for advice. Andy goes back to him. Um, David Wallace is is this weird sort of substitute for corporate stability uh, in a lot of different ways. And yeah. even when the bottom falls out and he's the, the company's bankrupt and they have a buyer, he's just pretty open and upfront about it. I'll be fired. So we'll, uh, can't Alan protect you? Alan will be fired too. They'll clean house. Um, so yeah. I, I was drawn to that a little bit in a way that uh, the way that David provides that in the show, even though he's not a perfect character by any stretch. That's I mean, that's so true. He's such a, like an impressive. I mean, he just seems very, very wise, very mature. Like he is very fluid or like very flexible. He, he's always kind of open to hearing very Michael's ideas. <laughs> like, Incredible yoga. Right. But he, but he is, he's ne- like, he's not closed minded to, to Michael. Like so many people, other people are even, even knowing that Michael is an idiot. He's like, well, <laughs> yes. you know, I mean, he's him out, you know, <laughs> that's the funny thing about David Wallace, that so many of the poor decisions that he makes are all geared around trying to manage Michael Scott. So many of his missteps, obviously, look, the company goes bankrupt. So and and there there are a lot of allusions to a difficult economic time as it was, you know, in that era. But um, how many missteps does he make trying to manage or not manage Michael? Um, it happens time and time again. What say we do? What What are some of your like, I mean, what are some of the top uh, bad decisions that that David Wallace has made? Uh. I mean, it, it, they aren't like necessarily bad decisions, but they are ones that backfire. There's some um, bad ones. Uh, yeah. Giving Michael a blank stage at company picnic after <laughs> yeah, telling yes. him who he's firing or what branch he's closing. Yeah. Yes. Transferring uh, Holly away. Transferring Holly um, away. I mean, is a bad... I, 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 well, I will say this. Like, I understand why it's, it seems like a conflict of interest between the HR person and the manager being together, but. It happens very abruptly. It happens from the end of Crime Aid to the beginning of uh, Employee Transfer in Season 5. And then it leads to Michael kind of resenting uh, Dunder Mifflin a little bit um, and I th- in a way that I think contributes to him eventually quitting 
And starting the Michael Scott Paper Company. Him sending Uh, Holly away contributes to what is later becomes a multi-million dollar buyout that he now has to make (laughs) to a tiny paper company in a storage space in in a building. Well, within that, you include uh, hiring Charles as trying to... uh, Mm Again, this is just, I'm not trying to say bad, not bad. This is just a decision that backfires on him, is hiring Charles um, and the way that Michael reacts to that. Um, all these different things that, that David does, uh, trying to manage Michael. When he gives him uh, too much rope, it, it, it comes back to bite him, you know? Yeah. I, I would certainly say um, high on that list is allowing Ryan to come back and work for Dunder Mifflin uh, after. It's idiotic. That, so that no way to makes no that. sense. That should be a hard no. Although, you uh, know, what's funny is almost instantly after that happens, we, we alluded to this on one of our other more, more recent episodes, but almost immediately from broke to casual Friday, when they gave all the, the clients back to the other salespeople, there's all of a sudden only two jobs. Hmm. And Ryan right. gets offered his old temp job. But for a multi-million dollar buyout, that only lasts a second. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Like yeah. for presumably giving up for giving up three headcounts with salary benefits, etc. It doesn't last very long. I would assume Ryan's position doesn't include full benefits yeah. as well. Yeah, um, yeah that maybe that was maybe maybe David calls Michael back after that, and he's like, "Look, I Ryan, the, I, I, let's compromise. Like, <laughs> I'll give him his temp job. That's it. Like, he cannot officially. I'm not officially like hiring him back. Just right. keep, if we want to keep him there." He doesn't get a business card with his name and the company logo. Pay him as a contractor. <laughs> keep him in a tiny closet. Yeah. Whatever you need to do. Uh, that happens, I think, in weight loss, where M- Michael brings back Ryan as the um, as the uh, as the, the receptionist, and I believe there's a deleted scene where where David is really upset. He's yelling at Michael. How c- Ryan defrauded the company. He's not allowed to talk to customers. Um, all these things happen there. So it, it, it comes up in a way that doesn't didn't make the main, I don't know, canon, I guess, mm-hmm. or the main episodes that aired. But it does it does come up at some point. But but agreed. Yeah. It seems um, that it's glossed over. Uh, I I would say that the, the first time we meet David Wallace, he, he does something that I would not say was a very good decision, which is not fire Michael Scott <laughs> after <laughs> yeah. telling everyone in the yeah. conference room that he and Jan slept together when they didn't even sleep together. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, uh, that would have been like, uh, Michael, it was nice meeting you, but uh, clearly you don't seem responsible enough for and this position. Consider, consider that David's job, the reason David is CFO is because the former CFO, mm-hmm. Randall, yes. resigned due to sexual harassment charges. Right. You would think David mm-hmm. coming in, any whiff of like, wait a minute, uh, one of my regional managers is sleeping with an executive? Yeah, sorry. Absolutely Bye, not. both of you, gone. Like, I'm new yeah. here. I got to assert myself. So I, immediately, David is not, um, he's not really an authoritarian. I mean, he, he's, he's a CFO to his core, which means he's looking at the bottom line. And the bottom line is Michael's branch does well. So I don't really care who he is, what he does. He's doing something right, mm-hmm. and I need to know what that is. <laughs> it's I mean, a Hail Mary situation. Yeah, exactly. He says that in the duel when he pulls him up. It's not at the time for what he's, he says something to the effect of. It's, it's not, not the, the time, time for, for judgment, to be judging. Yeah, to be yeah. turning your noses up at, uh, mm-hmm. at things that are succeeding. Uh, I would agree, but I think also it, it is interesting how – I wonder how if, – if Michael 
alluding to the fact that they slept together, even though they didn't ever actually sleep together. Mm-hmm. I wonder if in, in his mind that does make it kind of a joke, Michael Logic, because um, mm-hmm. he's able to joke about it with David Wallace. David, you know, gives him the benefit of the doubt that one time. Um, but yeah, I, I, it is uh, compared to when he finds out about Michael and Holly, and it's immediately like I'm separating them physically mm-hmm. uh, by going to different branches, as opposed to this, where he's just sort of like <laughs> takes that in stride, and then later they report it to corporate, and then he's shooting baskets with Jim, and he's like, "What's up with Michael and Jan?" Like he's just sort of, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Yeah, I, I love I love the fact though that where to begin uh i do love the fact that david never actually gets cut to dwight on the roof kicking the chimney <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know a line that i always knew about in that episode cocktail season three uh that i it made me laugh when i rewatched it was um when dwight is inspecting the house and he goes just one window <laughs> um but is that the same house is that the same house they go to to save the branch? No. So they're different houses. That is... Okay, they are. Yeah. In branch closing, that's a different house than the one they go into cocktails, which is post-merger. Right. Um, and then I think that from then on, it's the same house. Yeah. Same um, house but but as I mentioned, I, I love that David never really gets a handle on Michael. That Michael is, is, is kind of a... He's just an anomaly. He's slippery. You can't get him right. You can't put in somebody else to manage him. He can't... Like, give him free reign to do anything. Um, you know, how does he respond to praise? How does he respond to criticism? Like, there's Michael is too, uh, he's too Michael to, to yeah. for David to ever really figure out, which I, which yeah. I absolutely and I think, love. I think David kind of wants it that way. I mean, he's, he's, Michael is a satellite in, in David's orbit, and he sort of occasionally gets pings from him that are very weird and usually through his daughter's physician's uh, <laughs> yeah. phone number uh, in all caps. Michael, you texted me, all caps. Uh, he, so the times he does overlap with Michael, Michael's generally frantically wanting to know about is the branch closing or am I in trouble? Uh, and it, the answer is usually no on all those things. But he has to he has to rope Michael in, uh, and he knows that he has to, but he doesn't want to. And this is why he gives Michael a job interview. This is why in the deposition is a big big episode for David Wallace because we actually get to hear what David Wallace's actual thoughts about Michael Scott are. No, he never had a chance. What do you want me to say? He's a nice guy. Well, and maybe maybe those are the, maybe that's a, ne- a negative for David Wallace, like something that doesn't show him very well, yeah. is that he's just kind of uh, humoring Michael. Um, he gives him that job interview, but he never actually has the, you know, the intention of giving him the job. Um, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and let's not let's not gloss over the things that Michael does well for David. If you were in David's position, you'd look at Michael. You go. You, I mean, like I said, bottom line, Scranton Branch does well. Uh, when I need someone to go to Winnipeg, Michael's like, oh my god, travel, international travel, absolutely. Uh, I mean, Michael Scott is a company man up until season five, uh, but even then, he comes back. I mean, he's he's a true loyal employee of Dunder Mifflin, and you know, it's hard to find those people. Look at. Look at Josh, you know, successful guy, and then immediately leaves for Staples after he gets his new position. Yeah, say what you will about Michael Scott, he would never do that. It's um, true. And in the deposition, Michael is given that that choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael, after hearing all of this, would you not say that the company shows a pattern of uh, disrespect and inappropriate behavior towards its employees? Absolutely not. And then uh, he says to David, for the record, I think you're a nice guy too. And then cut to the next season 
where Michael is at the end of his rope. He is uh, he is ready to abandon Dunder Mifflin after everything that he's gone through. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, the the way that he could, the way that he uh, opens up to David at the end of that of the phone call and business trip. Why did you send her away? You know, mm-hmm. um, and and then uh, the way that he responds with. Um, you know, the way that it, it happens with uh, the new boss. David Stephanie, put me through to him. <laughs> yeah. <I know. laughs> yeah. And then that all leads into, I mean, broadly speaking, it, it, and the company picnic at the end of that last season, there's that there's that sort of sentiment where, like, yeah, corporate deserves to get their ass kicked. And, you know, as the show kind of goes, corporate is, um, the show begins where, where corporate is just kind of this unmoving, not, not infallible thing, but like Dunner Mifflin is at the mercy of corporate trying to just choose whether or not to downsize them. And then as things go on, you see that corporate has a lot of flaws as well. And uh, corporate goes bankrupt, they get sold, and it's Mm. a different group of leadership. Um, And then it kind of gets steadied in the end and David Wallace comes back. Uh, But it's just interesting how David is so intrinsically tied to all of that. We, uh, in, in, uh, to go back to that phone call real quick at the end of business trip where Michael, you know, was sucky and he, and he hangs, hangs up with the, with the flip close. God, you remember hanging up that way? That felt good mm-hmm. back in the day. Just just closing the phone. Mm-hmm. Done. <laughs> Bam. Uh, he. I said all that interesting stuff, and that's what you want to talk about? <laughs> yeah, I want to talk about the hinges on phones we used to have. No, no. Um, it's to say that David Wallace in that moment does what he's done. Because remember, Michael's complaining to him, and he goes, you know what, Michael? Like, I'll make it right. Like, we're going to do this. We'll come. Isn't he something about a birthday? Yeah, it's Michael's fifteenth anniversary. Yeah, in new boss. That's the that's, that's where right. Jimmy's wearing the tuxedo. And he's like, you know what? I'll come down. We'll do the party. You'll I'll get your it. figs. Yeah, and and, and David is seemingly like reaching a hand out, and Michael's hearing it, and he's just, and he finally in that moment is like, I get it, I get it. Like everything you've done is to placate me and just keep me in the in the hamster wheel. And in that moment, he's like, I don't want to do that anymore, um, and hangs up on him. He and doesn't. He doesn't want to be appeased. He wants to be appreciated and listened to. Yeah, he does. And it, it is weird, that, you know, with the way he sends Holly away. It is kind of strange. It doesn't it's make much sense. Um, yeah. We actually have a voicemail about this, uh, this very thing, if you guys mm. want to hear it. And yes. I do. What say we do? Hi, my name is Lila. I'm calling from Columbus, Ohio. Big fan of the show. I actually listen to them backwards in reverse order. So starting oh. at the newest episode... And working my way backwards into the very beginning. It was a definitely a unique listening experience, a little confusing at times. But anyway, um, <laughs> I'm watching Prime Aid right now, and I wondered something. All of this time, I thought that David Wallace reacting to Michael and Holly dating and, like, ultimately sending Holly to Nashua was because he had a crush on Holly. But oh. I think I heard you guys discuss once that it was because he didn't want Michael, who was, like, a loose cannon, to be with someone in the HR department. Is my theory, like, completely crazy? They never really explain his reasoning, so I guess it's plausible either way. I know he's married, but I don't really think that means much. Anyways, <laughs> I'd love to hear your thoughts. Thanks, guys. Love the show. Good job. Oh, great. Thank you so much for Thanks calling for in. Uh, what do you think about that fan theory? Sean, I like, what do you like? You like You like it. I like that fan theory. I, I think... I don't know if there's, like, a ton of evidence for it. I just hadn't ever thought of it before. But I do, I think that there are a couple of reasonable reasons that David Wallace would send Holly away. First would be that Michael in a relationship with someone that he works with seems to be bad, right? Michael and Jan didn't go very well. 
Yeah, combustible. So, <laughs> so that could be one of the few times that David Wallace learns from his mistake and tries to do something different. Um, I mean, I also just think, I mean, management and HR together might just, I think we've talked about before, just like that seems like you would. Uh, it's conflict of interest. Th- yeah. That seems like, yeah, thank you. But. Yes. <laughs> turns out there's a lot of good tiny david good wallace drops that i got lined no up. did you have anything else to say sean uh yeah finish it <laughs> i guess i just w- wonder what if Very there good. was any other evidence that she, that she had for that um besides just kind of like that's where your mind goes and just like the way that maybe just the way that David says no I did not know that Michael and Holly were dating mm. yeah the, I mean there's like a disappointment in his voice yeah have maybe. we seen them interact enough to, to pick up on a crush no. between Holly and I, I just thought it was interesting all. that 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 Viola watched that and was like oh it's clear that David has a crush on Holly and it I don't know I don't know if this works with company picnic either when mm. he, you know, has yeah. them do a skit together. True. Yeah, I never, I never read it that way. But I, uh, I want to go back and rewatch that, ep- like that full episode. Yeah. Uh, and see if, or, or maybe a few of those episodes, and see if we can get that picture. Um, yeah, I never thought about it that way. That's interesting. I, <laughs> I'm always interested in those moments in the show which are ambiguous enough that other people can read it differently. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like also that <laughs> that she says, uh, you know, that it. It might not matter that much that uh, Dave is already married. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't Seems think that like, means much. Yeah, we do see a bit of conflict between uh, him and his wife when he's uh, unemployed and stuck at home. <laughs> I'm also intrigued by this idea of listening to us backwards. I can't get over that. Like, do we get better or worse? Skim. That must be tough, man. Yeah. Uh, I the, the It's funny you mentioned that. Uh, like what we see with him and his wife when he's unemployed later drinking beers in the hot tub, you know, ah, I might go outside today. The before that, uh, when Michael shows up, she is like thrilled to see Michael. It's so right. interesting to watch David also's wife be like, Oh my gosh, like a business person, like here to talk to David and maybe make him go back. Uh, <laughs> it's like the only time someone's been that excited to see Michael. Uh, and it's funny. It's David Wallace's wife who was, disappointed and crestfallen to see him early at cocktails yes. uh, not three four seasons before so it's yeah. a really funny like a uh, little side character that they have a little arc they have in there um well in that episode only comes you know a, like a couple episodes after secret santa the yeah. where, saber is where michael goes to uh talk to david wallace because he's upset about the changes that this yeah. new company is making. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says that is a creature who lives in David Wallace's house. Um, so even <laughs> so it's like slowly following him out, <laughs> even the, yeah. though the company like goes, those uh, bankrupts, he's still going to him for advice. He still looks up to him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's yeah. counting on it. What should fact. I do? David Wallace. He's yeah. so he's like, yeah, it's like, it's like he's an Oracle for Michael mm-hmm. when really he's just, you know, David Wallace, just another, another suit and tie. Uh, you know, another another shape and a drape, just doing his job. Am I right? Although he, it is different 
to have David in that role in the later seasons or, you know, post season four, I guess, mm-hmm. um, because of the way that Jan and Ryan sort of fill in as corporate or the corporate, you know, the person that Michael co- communicates with to have it go to David is a different look and feel. I think it stabilizes the show a little bit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny that Michael's first time meeting David Wallace is showing him the faces of Scranton video. It's just insane. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Imagine getting off on that foot with one of your employees and that's what you get and you're like, I- I'm shocked. Okay. Wow. <laughs> uh, that's crazy what just happened. It um, also makes you wonder about who, how how quali- like how good good these other branch managers are. Um, I know. Craig, Craigers Craig is doing worse. Um, you have Dan who's pretty quiet from Buffalo. You have Josh who leaves. You have Karen. Um, you have Brian Stack, the actor, who plays the manager of the Buffalo branch. <laughs> with the best branch of the company. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I mean, I, I, I don't know, guys. I mean, I, I think if I've learned anything from, from watching uh, Succession, I, I've learned that there's a lot of uh, stupid uh, weirdos um, in, in high up in, in business, especially yeah. in, in New York, <laughs> high rises. So, uh, yeah. Uh, I, what if we what have we missed here? What have we missed about David so far? We, we talked a little bit about cocktails. Uh, shout out to that scotchy pours for Michael, who then asks for Splenda. <laughs> I mean, every time we see David, it's it's. He's there to be a, to react to Michael. Michael's doing something that uh, is ruffling feathers. Um, but I mean, I th- I, what would you, you say is the mo- what's the most like important thing about David Wallace to you in the show? I think David is a stand-in for corporate stability. I think yeah. because when you talk about what we've missed, we've missed when Andy is gone at the end of season eight, or Andy at the end of season eight. Let's say. Um, Come goes to David Wallace and convinces him to buy Dunner Mifflin. Why would I want that? It's worth a third of what it was a few years ago. And you know that with proper management, it could be different. He's the one. He goes again to David Wallace, and who's go, who's going to show up magically at the end of uh, what is it? At the end of um, when he's dressed as a janitor, I think it's Free Family Fortress Studio. Mm. Who's going to give him that one delicious moment? Where he gets to be from janitor to manager. He's waiting for David yeah. Wallace to show up, and everyone. <laughs> Andy, do you see David Wallace in the room with you right now? <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> I love that when they, to yeah. Andy, David Wallace hasn't worked here in years. <laughs> I, that is Aaron's starting to realize that, that yeah. she hasn't yeah. seen him either. <laughs> yeah. So well calibrate, done. Calibrate. Yeah. And then, uh, and then in season nine, David is uh, one thing that is interesting about the show in season nine, we've talked about, you know, uh, weaknesses in season nine or, or issues maybe that we had with, with the way season nine ended. But like one thing that I think they do effectively is they kind of reset the corporate structure so that it's not a plot point, you know, like we, we, as viewers never have to worry about what's going on in season nine on the corporate side, really. Um, it's all, they can focus a lot more about what's actually happening in the office. Um, they don't have a, you know, they don't have the. Robert California making these crazy decisions as a CEO that they have to, that they have Mm -hmm. to deal with. Um, And then, you know, David is the, you know, the one who uh, he trusts Andy and Andy goes away on his boat. He comes back. He lied to me, Andy, you know, and they, Mm -hmm. David Wallace is very trusting and forgiving of his branch managers. And then his his relationship with Andy is so much more explosive. Well, and then they're, then they're even after Mm -hmm. the boat, he says, but now we are even, I wouldn't have the company because without you, and now we're even. And then, 
again, when Andy is is kind of on his way out, I couldn't even focus on my audition because I was worried about my stupid paper company job. Uh, you know, <laughs> so you think you've been too focused on your job. Andy's <laughs> David's about to fire him and he quits. And then eventually Andy decides he has to burn bridges, poops on David Wallace's car. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. And then Say what you want about Michael Scott, but he would not do that. <laughs> and then sort of God. the last thing that David does is he appoints Dwight as manager. Yeah. yeah. And Andy, you can come back as a salesman. It's all in that same episode. Um, Didn't know about the gunshot. Yeah. Speaking of... Uh, yeah. <laughs> speaking so, of... Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Speaking of David and Dwight, I, I, one of my uh, favorite David moments is certainly uh, kind of like reprimanding Dwight and Michael together. Uh, one of the few times that we see David actually get uh, very upset in, uh, in stress, re- stress relief. Stress relief. Yeah. One of the best cuts in the show is... Did you have to cut the face off the doll? <laughs> it cuts from the conference room to yeah. the boardroom. I didn't think it would be very realistic, but it turns out it's very realistic. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> so many, in preparing for this episode, I was surprised at how many times I laughed at David just reacting to things. Hey, sweetie. Yeah. It's not sweetie. It's Michael Scott. <laughs> I have never, ever, ever. <laughs> David, guess who I'm sitting here dressed up as? I'm not going to guess. It's all, to it's all in his reactions. Up. I know. The, the, the drop I played earlier is my favorite David Wallace reaction on the show after he invites Michael to interview for the job in season three. And Michael says, I wish I had prepared something to say. That's not necessary. May God... <laughs> Guide you in your quest. Long pause. Yes. <laughs> yes. When Dwight is uh, when Dwight is taking on the manager the managerial role, he says, "I'm sorry. I've just waited for this moment in my entire life. I mean, I was interim manager once, but then I shot that gun. What?" <laughs> <laughs> That's and, hilarious that David just wasn't there for that. Yeah, yeah, I exactly. know. It's such a funny Yo, plot. Yeah, yeah. And don't forget. The all-time David Walsh reaction. Do me a favor. Don't send me those notes. <laughs> I am gone. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Uh, well, and then... Uh, hold on. Um, <laughs> oh, wait. I, I, I also thought of another Dwight David moment. When, when, uh, when Dwight gets blamed or framed for coming up with the golden ticket idea, and David mm-hmm. uh, is like, Dwight, I owe you an apology. Uh, you know, uh, you know, we're now Blue Cross's main paper f- provider, and then, uh, oh shoot, oh gosh, I lost it. it the, Dwight does a "That's what she said," and David like oh, genuinely yeah. is like, <laughs> yeah. "Oh, that's he funny." Claps. <laughs> Listen to me, I like candy, sweet sugary candy, all the way from when it hits my taste buds to when it's metabolized by my stomach acids. <laughs> Dude, that. By the way, speaking of a Michael Scott voice, after that happens. Sean, the like, sh- like Dwight does the that's what she said. David, David Wallace laughs, and it's like the peak of Michael's like, oh my god. Michael has those crazy eyes, and he's like, Dwight, Dwight, like Dwight, where'd you get that idea? How'd you think of that? It's, it's so hey, terrifying. Hey, great idea, Dwight. Hey, yeah. great idea. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you also have Dwight uh, w- when Andy comes back in couples discount. They're all trying to figure out how they, they really want to tell David that he's been gone all this time. And mm-hmm. um, Dwight says, I'd like to rat out Andy. Unfortunately, I have a bit of a boy you cried wolf dynamic with David Wallace, except instead of a boy, I'm a man. And instead of a wolf, I cried genetically engineered monster wolf. 
Uh, There's hey, a piece sweetie. of surveillance footage I'd like to see. Yeah. Hey, how's it going? It's fine. <laughs> Listen, I have David Wallace's son in the trunk of my car. <laughs> and they call back, and they call back, you know. I talked yes. to Michael Scotch. The son will be fine. <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> then they'll hang up. Like, yeah. there. Did it. Yeah. Fixed it. Yeah. We're fine. Man, speaking of phone calls, yeah, David is on the phone a lot. And uh, Andy Buckley mentioned it in one of his interviews. But I, I, it's, I think... David Wallace only shows his face in about like 40 episodes or something like that for how many times he's, he's brought up or entire episodes where they're outside of his house, just talking about what they're going to say when they see David Wallace. And he's never in that episode, you know, he's there are episodes like that where he only appears off. He only is off screen. You just hear his dialogue. Prince family paper, for example, Mm -hmm. he sends Michael out on assignment. And at the Mm -hmm. end, you're a Titan of industry, my friend. Yeah. yeah. Um, Or in, uh, or in the whale in season nine, when he sends Dwight out to the pitch, the white pages, uh, and uh, he goes to Dwight and st- we need our best salesman on this. And Dwight, this is you. Um, so there are a lot of moments like that um, where David is on the phone only. A lot of uh, in the co-manager arc, Michael and Dave, Michael and Jim trying to compete for David's attention on the phone. Mm. Yeah. It's, Michael, I, are you texting me? Guys, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like turned away. Now I'm what? getting pulled over for talking on my cell phone. I am getting pulled over for talking on my cell phone. Damn it. <laughs> so mad. Um, we we should uh, move on soon because we do have a hard out on this episode. But I, I mm. wanted to mention. But you want to talk about like, Teddy? Uh, Teddy, yeah, sure. <laughs> what about the unnamed, uh, unseen daughter? Right. That hey, uh, sweetie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He he knows where That's his daughter goes to school. Mm-hmm. Um, no, there was there was a moment um, in uh, let's see, what is it? The the conference or or whatever um, when the meeting. Uh, the uh, business, con- I don't know, when Michael is does the spit, the twirl in front of everybody. Shareholder meeting. Thank you. Hate um, the twirl. Uh, when when David and um, this the CEO, I can't remember his name. Alan Brand. Alan Thank Brand. you. Uh, and Michael are all in the hotel room suite together. And Michael is like, I am the one who roused all those people. I am the one who got them on their feet. You know, and, and David is sitting there going, Yes, yes. Like, it's 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 interesting to see David David in front of maybe like feasibly his boss, right, the CEO, not just turning around, like showing the CEO, like, look, I've got this in line. Like, I'm gonna tell this guy, mm-hmm. like, what's up? Like, he is still being patient with Michael. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's just like that was an extremely. I feel like a lot of people would have been fearful in front of their their CEO to not look like, you know, that they're um, uh, taking care of crazy people like this. It's funny how Michael is an asset to the company. They just, he's so uh, unpredictable. You know, how do you keep him not in line, but just kind of, how do you allow him to do his thing without ruining everything from the inside? Mm-hmm. And yes. later when I am ruining everything, you're going to wish I was on your side. Yeah. Um, I mean, he, he saw it in the, at the end of the Michael Scott paper company arc where he says, I'll just start another paper company and another Michael. That's the name of one of them. Yeah. You no, know, he knows <laughs> that Michael is, uh, is, uh, is going to be relentless when it comes to that industry. He, yeah. he knows how to try and slow down at Michael's train mm-hmm. as, as best as he can. Yeah. Time. Yeah, but I, I think that I think that that moment in particular shows that you know Michael's right about David. He is a nice guy. You know, that's he's really um, patient. 
very he's patient. Super like he's he's pretty nice. He's like not very judgmental. He's curious. He's in the words of Ted Lasso. He's the guy. He's the kind of guy I would want as a boss. Definitely. Totally. Now I I, I should I should I meant to bring this up at the beginning of how did Andy Buckley get on the show because this informs why he's so good oh. at his role. So there's this. You said he did improv at Second City, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or the Groundlings? Uh, uh, Groundlings. Groundlings. So in between that and when he was on The Office, he had pretty much stopped acting, performing altogether. I think people know this, but I just want to share this. Um, before he shows up in season two, he says, midway through the season, Dunham Mifflin's CEO... This is from uh, the, uh, Andy Green's book about The Office. Uh, Dunham Mifflin's CEO David Wallace makes his first appearance. He's portrayed by Andy Buckley, who had largely given up on acting by the time he got the role and at the time was working as a financial advisor for Merrill Lynch. Andy Buckley says he knew Allison Jones, one of the producers, ran into her at a neighborhood farmer's market. She's like, hey, what are you up to these days? He says, I'm a stockbroker. I'm an advisor at Merrill Lynch, and I'm married. We have a son. Uh, She says, if something comes up, would you ever want to do something? I said, yeah, sure. Uh, One thing, though, I can't leave town. And I gave her my card. (laughs) (laughs) And that's it. So it's like, he just came straight out of a boardroom into a fake boardroom and was just like, keep doing that. And the card that he gave her was one of those David Wallace business cards, <laughs> which yeah. is crazy. Uh, uh, <laughs> one other tidbit. One other tidbit. When they were filming in 2008, when the stock market crashed, the day the stock market went down 750 points was the day he was in scenes from 7 a.m. Uh, 7 to 7 p.m. He took a five minute break and like checked his phone and like his whole Merrill Lynch advisor people. Everyone was texting him. So like he had he had jumped off that ship but was still like had a foot in it. And it was yeah. like how much the stock market crashed that day. That was like very real. I think also for Andy Buckley uh, outside of just happening in the show. And then he had to portray someone who needed to go get advice from Michael Scott. What a while. After that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. How wild is that? Well, any, He's... any uh, final thoughts on David? I love when Michael shows that picture. He was really okay. Taking this picture with me, considering I was up there for disciplinary reasons. <laughs> uh he does david wallace i think does a few things to kind of outside of moving holly uh, to screw michael over i mean the business trip to winnipeg who wants Mm -hmm. to go there in the winter time uh but also sending michael to do the dirty work on prince family paper does not feel like a david wallace move yet he tasks michael with essentially gutting that business okay you know it's funny he says well, he said something that uh, like giving him the field work that would go to the supervisor, the regional supervisor, something like that. Um, I can pull up the exact quote if you want, but I think it's him showing a little bit of um, of trust in Michael. Um, mm. And this, I guess, is before Michael Scott Paper Company arc. Um, so uh, here it is. So listen, as you know, we haven't yet filled the regional supervisor job. Oh, have you not? Correct. And I was wondering if I could get you to do some of the field work that would normally go to the supervisor. Michael makes this face. You know, <laughs> there's an area from Carbondale to Marshbrook where we've never done any business. There's a small company, Prince Paper, I can't get it. Pornock is not public, blah, blah, blah. But basically, Michael just does too well. Yeah, He's supposed yeah. to just get a little bit of a read on the company. And he and Dwight in their scheme get a list of all of their clients. And a do printed out list of yeah, everyone exactly. they do yeah. business yeah. with. Yeah. What will happen if I hand this over to David? He will use that information to destroy them. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that Michael actually like turns that in, you know, too, and he's that—that's more of the evidence. Well, of, like, 
Dwight has to chase him down for it. And- of course. But it, ultimately, <laughs> Michael does make the move against them. And that is, that is he's like, I, you know, at the end of the day, he says, I'm I'll not do a what shark. I'm told. Mm-hmm. He says what? Oh, he yeah. Says, I'm, yeah. And it was a terrible war. Many, <laughs> many died. But if Frodo had not destroyed the One Ring, goodness <laughs> itself may have died. <laughs> and I think... <laughs> <laughs> David, I am willing to stake my entire reputation on this. Swear. <laughs> uh, there you have it, David Wallace. If we missed any great David Wallace moments, which I'm sure we did, go ahead and share those with us. Of course, we on did. On our social medias. Um, all right. Not well, not we'll... awesome form when he's shooting hoops. Just my last note on him. Cocktails. <laughs> I'd like to see a little more of his jumper, fully uh, fully formed. That's all. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Well, we'll take a short break, and then we'll head to the conference room for some voicemails. It's still a few weeks away, but Valentine's Day is right around the corner. And I'm happy to say, I feel like I found the perfect gift. It's personal, it's thoughtful, uh, or at least I really think it is. It might not be the teapot, but I still think Jim and Pam would approve. I can't share exactly what it is that ruined the surprise, but I am excited to tell you about where I got it. This Valentine's Day, the weight of their heart is through Uncommon Goods. Uncommon Goods has thousands of meaningful gifts that you can't find anywhere else, one-of-a-kind gifts that are perfect for your one-of-a-kind love. From personalized art and fine jewelry to kitchen, home and bar, Uncommon Goods has something for everyone. They look for products that are high quality, unique, and often handmade or made in the U.S. They have the most meaningful, out-of-the-ordinary gifts anywhere. In addition to this Valentine's Day gift, I've gotten stuff for friends and family off Uncommon Goods. I've even gotten stuff uh, for Sean and Alex. Uh, and with every purchase you make at Uncommon Goods, they give back $1 to a nonprofit partner of your choice. They donated more than $2.5 million to date. Always great when we can give back. So to get 15% off your next gift, go to UncommonGoods.com slash Scott. That's UncommonGoods.com slash Scott for 15% off. Don't miss out on this limited time offer, Uncommon Goods. We're all out of the ordinary. When you use the bathroom, you always close the door behind you, right? You don't want random passerbys looking in on you. So why would you let people look in on you while you go online? Using the internet without ExpressVPN is like going to the bathroom and not closing the door. Did you know that your internet service provider knows every single website you visit? And what's worse is that they can sell this information to ad companies and tech giants who will use your data to target you. Well, ExpressVPN puts a stop to this, creates a secure encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet so that your online activity can't be seen by anyone. I use ExpressVPN on all my devices. Works on everything. Phones, laptops, even routers. So everyone who shares your Wi-Fi can still be protected even if they don't have ExpressVPN. Look, if I was working at Dunder Mifflin Scranton and that weirdo Nick the IT guy comes in and he's pissed off and suddenly he wants to air your dirty laundry around the whole office, not mine. No, he couldn't do it to mine. You want to know why? I use ExpressVPN and Nick the IT guy has nothing on me. And the best part is using ExpressVPN is as easy as closing the door. You just fire up the app, click one button, and you're protected. ExpressVPN is rated as the world's number one VPN by Mashable, The Verge, and countless others. So if you're like me and you believe your online activity is your business, secure yourself by using expressvpn.com slash Scott today. Use our exclusive link expressvpn.com slash Scott, and you can get an extra three months free. That's expressvpn.com slash Scott. Right now, right now, conference room. Topic, hopefully, let's go. All right, going into the conference room, 
Uh, we got a bunch of voicemails. Before we do, Edwin, you had one last note that you didn't get in. Yeah, David Wallace is just saved by selling Suck It to the U.S. government. Oh, US yes. Military. We didn't really <laughs> right. talk about Suck It at all. $20 yeah, million? Dollars? Yeah. $20 million. <laughs> Yeah. 20 he's, mil he's just kind of for saved a vacuum. out of nowhere. And it's just kind of believable, I guess, or it's portrayed by the show, that he just goes right back into being David Wallace. You know? <laughs> Boom. Yeah. Got all my just money back. A return to form. Yeah. 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 It would have never succeeded as what he wanted it to be, which was a toy for children mm-hmm. called Suck It. It's just funny how he makes such an instantaneous and incredibly profitable turn. You know, you consider all the ideas that Michael has pitched (laughs) and that Michael didn't want to get involved. And and that's and that's what you have. Uh, You also have David Wallace uh, bad mouthing the company or in Whistleblower. He says, I may have heard about it from a former client and I may have told some other people, but that's not what I'm here to talk about. I'm here to talk about suck it, suck it. And it cuts away. from (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that's the last thing I just want. We had to touch on it. (laughs) <laughs> aren't you glad we did that. suck it that yellow suck it sweatshirt that'd be a great uh that'd be a good piece of office merch. fan yeah. yeah i mean i'd never wear that out in public except <laughs> if it was like at a live office show or something you would wear it when you get out the hot tub you go inside yeah <laughs> Perfect all right hot tub uh sweater. let's jump into some voicemails here uh we figured we'd do some voicemails just because you know it's david wallace we hear him a lot uh through the phone so why not do the same with our listeners? Uh, we get so many, and we, we're only able to do those voicemail episodes so often. So, um, yeah, let's jump right into a voicemail from Audrey. Hi, guys. This is Audrey from Chicago. Again, your car scene gal. I'm just calling because <laughs> I was watching Outlander the other day. I don't know if any of you watched that show, but it's set in, like, the 1760s, and there's this German family that has a baby, and they are singing in a lullaby. And after one second, I was like, oh, my God, this is the lullaby that Dwight sings to Ryan <laughs> in Night Out. Um, and I just thought that that was so funny <laughs> that oh this, my. like, authentic 1760s German family is singing this lullaby. And I immediately was like, oh, I know this. <laughs> Dwight sings to Ryan. <laughs> so uh, if you're an office outlander, you know, crossover fan, I just thought you would appreciate that. Um, thank you guys so much. You, again, made my year with all of these podcasts. I'm dealing with some really crappy apartment landlord stuff right now. And your New Year's podcast came out. And I was like, oh, thank God. I just get to zone out and listen to my favorite podcast for an hour and forget about everything else. So you guys have had a really big impact on my life this year. And you're my favorite podcast. And I appreciate it. Okay. Happy New Year. Bye. Wow. We appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you, Audrey. That's so nice. Do you guys want a three-piece harmony on the lullaby? Uh, what did we I can't sing? Remember Didn't how we try goes. and sing something together? We, said, we tried to sing Take a Chance on Me. Oh, that's, that's right. right. That's right. God, yeah. what a uh, dumpster fire. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I, I have not watched any of this show, Outlander. Yeah, I, I'm just I haven't looking seen it, it up either. now. I, but, I think it's um, on kind of, Stars. I know, is somebody, that what I'm I know somebody really loves it. I'm trying to remember. What I'm curious yeah. about is is it a real lullaby or are the out the writers of Outlander? fans of the office and just it's funny <laughs> no i'm sure that the writers of the office did their research and mm-hmm. and found a, a real german lullaby that's you awesome. know what you know what they're talking you know what she's referencing though it's like mm-hmm. i don't know the, i can't think of the words but it's like i don't remember uh, da, da, da. ryan do you want me to sing you a song my my parents used to sing to me <laughs> mm, da, da, da. and he's like stroking his hair <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna have to go back and watch it mm-hmm. uh but i a remember great call a great call that's- that's awesome. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, all right, excellent. Uh, next voicemail here coming from Michael. Michael. Hey, MSPC. This is Michael, Kevin's friend. This is Michael calling from New Jersey. You guys are amazing. I really appreciate your podcast. Thanks for all the work that you do. I'm a little behind, so even if you respond to this, play this on your show, I'm not going to hear it for another couple of months. <laughs> but I'm kicking myself because I've been meaning to message you with a million thoughts and inputs and all these things for months, and I just never did because I was like, saving it all up and I decided let me just call with one little point and I'll call back if, if you know it's well, well taken anyway uh, a little good. while ago you guys were discussing tattoos based on the office um, and I, I just thought there was a major oversight because the two tattoos that you didn't mention that for sure someone should get is a Muppet Baby tattoo smack in the middle of your chest <laughs> as well as a little DVD corner little, little DVD logo right in the corner of your armpit uh, right snug in there. Anyway, those are two thoughts I had. Um, keep up the great work, guys. And uh, I'm going to continue calling because I have a million thoughts. I just got to collect them all. And uh, I'll call a little bit, little by little, uh, with some uh, some good pieces of uh, uh, office fun. All right. Keep up the good work, guys. Bye-bye. Love it. That's great. Thanks, Michael. That's awesome. Those are great. I, I had to share. The idea of a DVD logo like right in your armpit quarter perfectly is... <laughs> incredible and the callback to oh my god he's got a muppet baby tattoo right in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> that's jim saying that about dwight right yeah. The, yeah 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 oh my goodness mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah that's awesome very good that. just very a great good. pitch yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking of like i was like the armpit that's a funny spot but then i was like where are the body is the perfect spot it is kind of the only right place angle. that makes sense <laughs> to put a little dvd logo Right in the corner. I don't know. All right. Uh, moving on. Moving on. Season nine. To uh, Jacob. What up, Cynthia? Jacob, Dr. <laughs> Bethel Phoenix. Uh, just wanted to give a shout out to the CNC crew net crew. Where you at? Edwin, <laughs> uh, I forgot to ask in my last voicemail. I wish I would have. Uh, did your dad brine the turkey this year? I gotta assume that he did. I also gotta assume that he called you several times to tell you about it. So, uh, safe to say that that turkey was not dry. Uh, anyways, here I am on a Thursday with no new episode. A little strange, but, you know, coming off the holidays, you guys, Sean's probably a little hungover and whatnot. It's all good. It's um, all good. Hope you guys are doing well. Uh, can't wait for the new episode whenever it may come out. Thank you for all you do. And we'll talk to you later. Peace out. <laughs> did, did your dad ride the turkey? Uh, I think he did. I wasn't home for Thanksgiving this year. <laughs> I, know, I really wish you'd text I was in, uh, a picture I was of me. Like, Actually, we might have talked about it, yeah. Um, but we, we, it, it, is safe to, it, it is out. safe to assume. Let's say that. <laughs> yeah. I forgot that we talked about crew to crew. I know it was so long crew. ago. I know what. Yeah, no kidding. I just I'm playing these kind of inside baseball voicemails because they were just they were so touching to me. I'm yeah. like, wow, I can't believe I remembered that. I forgot about the crew neck crew, but I'm back in it, baby. It's just three of it's just us three of us wearing crew neck sweaters all at the same time. <laughs> but they got to be like monocolor, no nothing on them. They're all yeah. you know like Fruit of the Loom yep. or Hanes brand generally. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The Hanes one, any kind of solid I'm, color. Hanes gang, any color crew will do. Crew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sean, you're rocking a crew neck. Are you not right now? Or you got a long sleeve. Just a long sleeve. Oh, of course, dude. How about a long sleeve tee? 
Uh, do you want to do one? Do you want to do one more? Or I don't know how are we doing? On time? I think that quote has never made it into our show before. How about a long sleeve tea? <laughs> I don't think I it don't has. Think so either. Yeah, that might be a first. Mm-hmm. That's a very good one. Well, yeah, that's. I like it. Uh, I let's see. We could do one. Let's see. Do-do-do. If you got a quick one. Yeah, I do a quick one. That's what she said. Hi guys, this is Sophia. I'm calling from New York City, and I am watching the duel. And when Andy's interrogating Angela about the sex that she and Dwight have, um, Angela's like, standard, nothing fancy. And Andy's like, so missionary? And Angela says, I said nothing fancy. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm wondering, what do you guys think Angela's standard sex position is? Is missionary? (laughs) Is too fancy? This this is easy. Bye, guys. What is it? This is easy. I'm it would be the same position that farm animals typically is. Ah, I see. Because we know that probably that's where Dwight learned about sex. <laughs> Very agricultural approach to yes. to lovemaking. Yeah, I, that's probably right. That's probably right. I I almost wonder if the term missionary something about that and Angela <laughs> just was like, I don't don't use that. Don't say that. She's Which a, is why uh, Dwight says lady on lady on her back. <laughs> you freak. <Yeah>. You freak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, see? Yeah, they both hold the same opinion. Uh, yeah, She's nice taking little... us back to first base. What's first first base with Angela? I get to kiss her forehead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh anyway. That's hey, it. Was That's that a... was that voice bill from Cynthia? Sophia. Sophia. Uh, I, 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 yeah. What up, Sophia? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, cool. Thank you. Just so a minute, much. Sophia. <laughs> <laughs> to everyone who called in, uh, you can call and leave us a voicemail. That's five zero three six nine four nine three one four. Okay. Uh, let's move on to some listener provided trivia. Let's just do our thing, collect our hardware, and get the hell home. This week's trivia comes to us from, well, uh, I'll just read the message here. Hello, it's me, the other Edwin. Trivia idea, very simple. Name each season's first and last cold open on the first try, no hints. If the opener or closing episode has no cold open, must choose the next best second or second to last episode etc start at season one and move up all right here we go season one <laughs> first episode cold open there are no cold opens in season one what Boom. say we do late. <laughs> that's correct edwin that that was a trick question no cold <laughs> opens in season one uh all right season two. First episode cold open it's the Dundee. Nope. Well, no, I mean the episode is the Dundee. You only get one try. That's the hard part. Yeah. Oh, right. Yes, that's right. Well, we. <laughs> I shouldn't have said anything. You would have forgotten, huh? Uh, okay. Wait, sorry. We're trying to get the... The first, first episode with the cold open in the season. Oh. Yeah. Or the oh, first cold oh, yeah, open the Dundies the doesn't. The Dundies doesn't have one. So I know it's one of two. Mm-hmm. I think it's sexual harassment. No. Or. That's wrong. <laughs> That's wrong. 
Okay. I Wait, think, I'm just I gonna. Think, I need to look. No, I think at a list of you episodes, don't. You didn't but. get. You didn't get it. So I have yeah, to. Yeah, I know. Uh, we got to move on. So Office Olympics. Office Olympics. Damn. Has uh, Ryan has to get Michael pick up the a breakfast. breakfast sandwich. I right. Oh okay. my god. So now let's go. Now let's go for at last cold open of season two. Oh, last cold open of season two, casino night. Yes, uh, I know this one actually. Go for it. Uh, it's the uh, telepathy one with Jim. Yes. yes. Jim well, convinces yes. Dwight that he can move objects with his mind. Great job. All right. That's one season. of the only episodes I always remember, like the cold open matching that episode, because I've seen that one so much. I don't know why. Mm. Uh, uh, sorry, season three. So it's Gay Witch Hunt. Yes. And it just, I mean, it's a lot of stuff, but it ends with Jim is gone. I miss him so much. Jim. False. Yes. I do not miss Correct. him. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's right. That's right. Uh, that and Mifflin? I got a promotion. Yeah. Good work. Yeah, you got it. Uh, uh, all right. Uh, last cold open of season three. The job. Yes. I know this too because I was pulling uh, David Wall's okay. quotes, so I just watched this one. Go for it. That's the Michael shows up early for the interview Correct. and then Correct. calls Pam and is like, I'm going to be about three <laughs> hours late. <laughs> going to be three hours late. <laughs> you just happen to be in Midtown Manhattan? It's such a good cut too. Like, uh, yeah, I'm going to be about three hours late. <laughs> 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 um, I'd say you guys are four for five right now. Good work. Okay. Season four. Fun run. Hits Meredith with the car. Yes. Correct. All right. Again, it's a lukewarm opening because it does connect to the episode, but fair enough. But uh, this is like your wedding party thing. <laughs> <laughs> I have strong thoughts. <laughs> I draw hard lines on the show. Someone yeah. has to. Yeah. End of. No, I won't. <laughs> Last cold open of season four. <laughs> Goodbye, Toby. Okay. Yep. Got it. Man. Okay. You only get one guess. It's not. It's not him setting the watch. No. No. It's no. Not. That's that's nope. in the episode. Alex is out. No more guesses. Oh, dude, bro. <laughs> um, Mute yourself. <laughs> Uh, I can't think. All I can think of is Michael dancing around and talking about being the cruise director. But what it's is a the, it's, it's a prank. Okay. Jim connects his headpiece to Dwight's phone. Uh, oh, okay. Butter, I have Mary. Tell Fotter. Right. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. The way he reaches, the way Jim turns his face away as Dwight's reaching yeah. around is such a funny <laughs> shot. <laughs> I also love uh, Pam being like, I'm confused. <laughs> yeah, that is not Jim. <laughs> Oh, you uh, sound sexy. Yeah. Oh, no, Dwight, you sound sexy. Thank you. Okay, doing doing well, fellas. Season five. First weight cold loss. open. Huh? Weight loss is the cold open. Weight loss. Or weight loss is the name of the episode. Sorry. Oh, there is no cold open with weight loss, is there? There no, is no sorry, cold sorry. open in weight loss. Okay, okay. Oh, boy. Um, well, that, so what's the next? Business ethics. Business ethics. Correct. Yeah, okay, the next episode. Right, yeah. You are sexy in your culture. Uh, this would have uh, been it's, right. It's this. It's actually um, uh, Jim telling everyone that he and Pam are engaged. Ah, uh, okay. Oh, and Michael takes him down. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. All right. Last cold open of season five. Company, Company picnic. picnic. Yep. Yep. Ah, oh, God. I'm just. I got no. I got I'm, nothing. Yeah. You. I think you said it earlier. This cold open? Alex said it or I said it? Alex said it earlier. 
this is a resetting all the clocks after Michael oh. has fallen asleep. Oh, no, oh. I was talking about him setting his uh, watch for when Toby four. leaves. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I see. Okay, gotcha. Yep, yep, yep. Season six, first cold open. Gossip. Gossip. Uh, that's nice. the parkour. 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 Yeah. Nailed it. All right. Last cold open. Season five. Oh, season six. Because these start getting to be like the summer trend cold opens. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they start. They exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 These That's next why few that should one... be easy for you. Yeah. The last right. episode of season six is. That's the uh, the, uh, the, um, the chump print the printers. No, the printer scandal. Yeah, but is the episode the chump? Or is it whistleblower? Uh, it is whistleblower. Okay. Cold open to whistleblower. I, is that's Michael tough, is man. Michael apologizing? Is Michael apologizing on behalf of Dunn yes, and yes, yeah. yes, yeah. But it, and then he more, makes them watch the videos. He's making them watch yeah, it, right? Watch right. The oh, <laughs> and nice. the baby otter, yeah, from the nice. Scranton Zoo. What does he say? Done. Like we can't let the murderer win, or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> can't let the murderer win again. Mm-hmm. Um, season seven. That's first the lip dub and nepotism. Open. Yeah, correct. Nailed it. Nailed da, 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 it. Da, 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 da. Last episode of season seven. Your last mind. cold open. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> last cold open of season seven. That'll be when they're searching for a boss in search committee? Search committee part two. It is search committee. Yeah. Somebody I, is I'm the just boss. guessing the first Creed and last episode. Creed, Creed is the boss. Oh, the yeah. Creed boss. Mm-hmm. Great Bratton. Mm-hmm. Keep it running. Yeah. Bo body. <laughs> yeah. Season it's eight. It's just been... Okay, sorry. Season eight. <laughs> first cold open. Planking. The list. Yeah, I was going to say planking. If it's... Planking. If it's, that's in the list. trendy one. That's three three seasons in a row of trendy, yeah. trendy stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Correct. Uh, we lost Sean's video feed. Uh, <laughs> uh, last episode, uh, last cold open of season eight. Uh, Free Family Portrait Studio. Nailed it. And it's when Jim makes the Velcro suit for Dwight. No. Wait. Wait, wait, wait. Can I come in for the steal? Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Uh, uh, just because I love this one. That's the, uh, uh, it gets better yep. video. Oh. Yes. <laughs> gets better but it also gets vastly more complicated reality <laughs> <laughs> is a spectrum season nine this is it fellas i i mean i think it's it's a it's like what did i do over my summer vacation it's kevin with the turtle all that kind of stuff There's yes a lot of kevin smashed the turtle the correct check in the check in yeah. new guys yeah new guys, that's yeah. right all right and finally Finale, I think you meant Finale. to say. Finale. That is, uh, that is, uh, Dwight, 10 years later. It's Dwight like, recapping his, yeah. like, uh, I don't know his, why you guys tenure. are still doing this documentary. Yeah, yeah right, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or didn't the documentary already air? Mm-hmm. That was um, good trivia. Fellas, I, I think tough. you did pretty darn good on that. That was, I, I was very impressed. Uh, and, uh, and other Edwin, fabulous work. Uh, yeah. Very good job. From one idea to another, thank you very much. <laughs> if you have a trivia idea and would like to stump us, email and if your us. Name favor, is... Don't send me those notes. <laughs> I am gone. Yeah, finish up. <laughs> 
Edwin, did you have something that you wanted? I was just, you said, if you have a trivia, and I was going to say, and if your name is Edwin. <laughs> and if your name is Edwin, email us, mspodcastcompany at gmail.com. Uh, send us your trivia. Uh, leave us a voicemail, 503-694-9314. We like to play them on the show. We're on Facebook and Instagram. We have a website, michaelscottpod.com. We have a store, mspcstore.com, where you can... Uh, go on there and buy a crew neck and become part of the crew neck crew, the CNC. Um, <laughs> and you can join us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Michael Scott. Uh, you get a Ted Lasso podcast. You get a voice, uh, sorry, a mailbag episode every month uh, and a whole ad backlog of those ad free episodes. Uh, donate with us to the Third Good Marshall College Fund, uh, or uh, we donate a portion of those pro- uh, uh, donations to the they're a good Marshall College fund. So thank you so much to our Scott's Tots. Uh, we love you. Thank you for supporting the show. Uh, very special thanks to Ryan Lloyd, who designs all our artwork. Um, yeah. Thanks for listening. Thanks for <laughs> hanging out with us. Uh, thank you for uh, for spending a little bit of time as we rattle off quotes and uh, talk about David Wallace and uh, just kind of hang out. I, it means a lot that you, that you listen to us, if you make it to this far in the episode. Um, <laughs> but just know that we always appreciate it. Uh, take care. Stay safe. We'll see you next week. Pippity poppy, give me this up. Yes, yes sir. sir. I am gone. What is a man for a man? What you gonna do? the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.